0: Welcome to the Digital
1: Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Today, we have another exciting episode. We're going to talk about personal branding, and I've got a personal branding expert here. His name is Ash Borland. I believe he's overseas. We'll find out in just a second. I'm just uh, calling you out on your accent, so I apologize if you're not Ash. We're going to find out in just a second. Uh, So Ash, before we jump into our discussion about personal branding, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on yourself?
1: Thank you Mark. Yeah, I definitely am overseas. Um, I am listening to your accent and I love it too. So it's one of those <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't have an accent. What do you mean? Shaw. Sure. <laughs> I live
1: with my wife is Cypriot, so she has sounds like you because she learned she learned English through watching American TV. That's programs. so funny.
0: So, I mean, a lot of yeah. people do that. It's so funny to hear that. But go ahead.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. So, hi, guys. My name is um. So yeah, I so say Ash Borland here, and you you pronounced it really well as well, Mark, because no one ever gets that right. Uh, so that's well done with the surname. Um, so I'm a personal branding coach. Um, I'm also a speaker, podcaster, like yourself. But um, personal branding is my passion, and, and what I do is I actually work with content creators, entrepreneurs, coaches, businesses um, to really shape, build, refine their personal brand both online and offline Uh, you know there's there's a big thing i'm sure we'll dive deep into that is i think personal brand is always assumed to be only online and that's definitely not the case um and i have this unique theory it all came through that if you become your own unique selling point then and you start to embrace your own individuality in a focused way then actually you'll start to become really memorable unstoppable and more importantly irreplaceable which is amazing in this digital world and um that is kind of me in a nutshell i'm all about individuality all about embracing who you are and showing the world in a uh, tangible and focused way. Okay, wonderful.
0: And you know, I, I was explaining to before the call, uh, I was big into personal branding, and then had some things happen uh, recently where I've had to tone that down quite a bit, uh, which is fine. Uh, and when these things pass, then I will uh, be uh, roaring to go again. Or, and so this is uh, this episode will resonate with me, as I'm sure it will for everybody else. But let's let's just start with
1: Ash. What? Who cares about personal branding? Why should we care? I Love it. Um, why should you care? I think who cares and why you should care two different things. Um, <laughs> who cares? Is it, it seems to be. Um, Like I said before very much people who are one-man bands businesses. that are trying to make a name for themselves um, As just just themselves so I've I found over here in the UK we have and probably the same in the US we have a large amount of Corporate businesses and if you're a, a solopreneur or someone who's a small business owner It's very hard to cut through the noise and I think that if you have a personal brand what that does over here, especially is it allows us to to cut through that noise because we're we're marketing ourselves in a way that they are It's impossible for them to do it. So that's who cares um, Is these people who really want you know, the, the lower these these solopreneurs like me and people maybe like yourself But why it's so important is actually it's more relevant now than it's ever been relevant before because we've always been trading and This gets a bit maybe a bit political but with this idea is that we've always worked on this idea of a service-based business, doing stuff that other people cannot do. So we always end up doing, you know, I provide you a service, it's really, really difficult, you can't do it, and that's it. And it's always been a commodity-based, a lot of the time, a commodity-based transactions for a majority of businesses. Now, obviously, in the last two decades, the internet and technology have come along and just ripped right through that. And um, a lot of people have ended up losing their jobs. And why I've said to a lot of people that I see personal branding and why I should care is it's a bit like insurance because if you make you your unique selling point, that you're the main currency you're trading on, and then you're not trading on this idea of a commodity but or more of a of an experience and value, then you start to future-proof your business, your livelihood, and in that sense, you start to future-proof your your family and your income. And I think that's why it's more important now why people should care not as many people do care about it as probably should, but I think we're going to see in the next maybe five years to decade, a real rise in this um, necessity of personal branding.
0: Okay. And, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, I, I consider like Gary V probably be the expert at this. And in so on a, scale, <laughs> on a scale of one to Gary V, where should most of us, especially in the, and I'm talking about the business space, yeah, where should most of us try to land when we're trying to build a personal
1: brand? Of course. Um, I think so. I would like very much props to Gary V. Gary V is the guy in this. He is the, the, the owner of this space. Um, to do what Gary V does is very hard. Um, but for most people, what I always say when I'm working with my one clients on a one-to-one basis or when I get asked his questions on podcasts is just outline your expectations to your input. So what is it that you're trying to get and then gauge it from there. Now, if you are looking to be Gary V and you want that, want rapid growth in a rapid amount of time then you've got to put massive amount of action in but if you're a normal business owner i work with people and I say look post you know be consistent think about you know not one two hours a week small amounts because if this thing starts to take over your life which it did with me and how i ended up in the job was i was better at this than my job um was that <laughs> trust me um if it takes over your life and, and you start focusing just on your personal brand alone, then you 're not making any business, then it can be counterproductive. I think it 's a bit of a a balancing act, but it really does depend on what you want from it. so if you are trying to be the next big influencer you 're trying to hit youtube very hard i mean i 've seen your youtube channel it's brilliant. I love your branding on there um, and if you know then then the the amount of effort you put in should be warranted for the amount of like your expectations but I think what I always see is a huge disconnect you know I'll get on a discovery call with people and they'll go I want to have a million followers okay but I'm going to post once a week okay um and then they don't they post once a week for a month and they go no one's watching I'm like okay well Gary you know you look at Gary V Gary V I mean I can go very deep on, on his strategy um it's amazing but very not many people really realize it because they just see the, the glossy stuff but um Gary V when talked about wine you know for one literally all about wine for years and you know where we see him now and that massive overload came because he just stuck and went not he wasn't as full on as he says he was at the beginning you know he, he was working so i think we've got a the best thing if you want to look at Vee, trace back to Gary V. when he was at the beginning and that's probably the amount of effort you'd need to put in just dedication
0: okay so I have a pretty good idea where you'd answer that one to Gary V question, and and I think personally, I think it depends on the industry you're in. Some industries can support a Gary V, but you know, I wouldn't try to personally brand myself as a Gary V, as a let's just say a physician or a dermatologist. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe a dermatologist, but it would be a, a tough. Tough thing to do because I think you'd be ostracized. But in other areas like marketing, like where he's branding himself, absolutely. There are no rules in marketing, probably even sales as well. And I'm, I'm sure there's hundreds of careers where, you know, a, a, a Gary V type of, a, of person uh, can prevail. Yeah. The problem is we're not, and I'd say 99.999% of people just don't have his personality type, don't know how to do what he does. The guy just comes across as authentic, doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and uh, uh and he's smart i mean he's got a combination of a lot of things that make him very unique and most people don't have that for better or for worse it's not always a good thing
1: i think the gary v thing is quite interesting because um gary v is how i got into this many you know i've stumbled across content many years ago when he was kind of starting around and uh, my original career path i was in far, well middle career path you can't know career webs really um and um I was in finance and I was consuming this guy's content like so badly like, all the time, just living, breathing at Gary Vee when it first started. And you're very right. The fact you say it, is it, it depends on the industry you're in. And also I would massively stress it's not about being Gary V; It's about being you. And this is what I think a lot of people go wrong is a lot of people try to be Gary Vee and think that's personal brand. And it's very, like, it's very cool. That's kind of inauthentic. And also it's understanding the room. I, I approached my finance business. Um, I was a broker and I approached at the beginning and um, I approached that in in a way of like videos and very much a Gary V style and it did not work because that's not the world that people want. Um, I had a lot of client, I had a lot of brokers go, gosh, I love your stuff, but none of my, and I got well known within the industry, but I didn't get any clients really from it because it was a bit aggressive. (laughs) So you've got to be careful
0: obviously I I agree with that. And so let's dive a little deeper. So we we talked about, you know, who's the best in the industry. So let's just say I decided that personal branding is for me in my particular industry, or maybe I represent myself uh, in business. Um, You know, there's, there's a a wide variety of reasons why I'd want to go uh, person, you know, into personal branding. So tell me what you
1: do next. Of course, yeah. So the first thing to do, obviously, is decide why you want one, whether you do need one. Once you've done that, um, you really need to define right at the beginning, and I say this to a lot of people, define what it is you, wanna, what you stand for. Um, I think a lot of people jump into, so I, I have a couple of areas I talk about. There's an ecosystem. There's four key areas, and I'll talk you through them now. So if you understand your four key areas and then you t- understand your ecosystem, this will give you a good idea of where to start. Because a lot of people just go, I'm going to make content and they're kind of throwing it out left front and center, but there's no real purpose or anchor behind it. So if we look a little bit more woo woo, so inside out, then the first thing I say to my clients is think about what's your mission. So what do you stand for? Why do you wake up every day? So why do you wake up every day to go to work? Because that's got to be obvious through what you do, what you talk about, everything. Then I say, what are your most, your three tangible goals? So what do you want to achieve? So if you woke up every single day with your mission what uh, to achieve these goals they're smart goals you know yeah. and then you have to define your vision so your vision it would be what would the world look like if you woke up every day to do your mission achieved all three of those goals what would that world look like so those three areas and then there's a fourth one which is needs needs are a little bit more personal to everybody but that's a financial need a social need And a personal need so how much money do I need to make how much money? um, Do how many like what is what social interaction? Do I require? Do I need to be around people? Do I not whatever? Um, Family and stuff And then personal need what do I need to kind of bit of a spiritual need you know creativity things like that? Um, if you define those four areas Then you're gonna know where you're gonna want to go because otherwise if you don't define those four areas You can end up building your brand you think people want But it isn't what you want and it isn't taking you to the goals you want So so understanding that and I always say start with the inside out once you've established that And that's quite a deep thing. It always looks on paper very easy And um, it was a massive eye-opener for me when I started to do it It Was all these things I thought were important weren't and all these things I didn't think were important were and the type of stuff I wanted to stand for Then we go to a more superficial thing you have to look at which is what I call the personal brand ecosystem so your personal brand ecosystem consists of five areas So these five areas is everything everyone's going to see from the outside. So you know that you've got those missions, goals, visions all inside you. You know why you're doing it. A bit like a Simon Sinek why, really. And then you're going to show it out. So with that, your ecosystem is built of your physical identity, your digital identity, your story, your network, and your social proof. Perform an audit on yourself of those those five areas. Look at what, if they're not all, uh, you know, I was looking at your YouTube channel before here and it's, and it's. Consistent, it's good. You know, it's brilliant. In fact, I mean, like, in fact, I've stumbled across some of your videos before. Uh, I was like, yeah, um, but it's a consistent message throughout all five. As long as all five of those are aligned, and I always say it's like sled dogs. I, I mean, I've got a lot of like snow dogs, and they're like the sled dogs push pulling in in one direction. If they're all aligned, and you keep consistently moving forward with your ecosystem in line, and we can go deeper into those. You can ask about them if you want, but. You're and and you have your missions goals and visions in place then truthfully There is nothing that can stop you from building a personal brand because those are that's your inside knowing why you do it And then outside showing the world how you're doing it if you do those things It will it will work over time. It's just like water on rock the only problem you do have is keeping those five things in line and Remembering why you did it is way harder than it looks (laughs) Yeah um,
0: so Wow, that's a lot to consider, but not insurmountable at all. I mean, everyone should understand each and everything that, that you said there, especially the why, you know, going back to yeah. Simon Sinek. So, okay, so, you know, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, but most people thinking about personal branding have at least considered all these things. Maybe it hasn't been written down. Let's mm. just say they wrote it all down. They they want to move forward. What is What kind of... Uh, trick or hack or, or whatever you want to call it will expedite personal branding what what is it that you recommend people do to to really move a little quicker maybe than most to,
1: to move the needle yeah okay um very simple i define your content like your content pillars so it, i'm not a big fan of niching this this term niche i think the niche term has been thrown around so much that it's kind of lost its meaning it's been like you know you say a word too many times it, it it doesn't you think why what's that word mean um niche is the same thing but in a weird way you need to define i said you'll define what you call creator archetype so who they so who you are so define um i want to be known as the expert in marketing i want to be known the expert in finance if you define that area and then go really deep on that one topic for like six months and not talk about anything else silly as it sounds you will cut through most of the noise. I was really... It's quite scary how quickly you can open doors to people you thought would be unreachable if you only talk about the topic you want people to know. Where people can go quite wrong is they start... Because a personal brand... And I, and I, and I, I my podcast is just interviewing personal brand experts. So it's, it's, they all seem to say the same thing. is People where people go wrong with their personal brand is they confuse the idea of being showing their authentic self with showing their entire self. And that's where it's like, that's where it's like the ship on the rocks. But if you show, if you say like with me, I'm just only going to talk about personal branding on all my social platforms. What that does is that will build trust and authority in that, in that space. So people will slowly, and it might take a bit of time, six months for example, but I always say, but if you're not seeing results in six months with this strategy, then something might be wrong in regards to your ecosystem. But if you do that, that is a hack that nobody seems to understand. Because to talk about one topic, and we're going to talk, what we said about Gary V earlier, that's why I say Gary V spoke about wine. Like now he doesn't, but to get him off the ground, that's all he spoke about every single day. So he becomes the wine guy. And that's what you need to be for the, to build a strong personal brand is about building this u- unanimous decision of like, so when you're, it, it's, it's making it effortless to think of you and the thing you sell or the thing you represent. So automatically I think marketing mark, do you know, that's, it has to be like that. And the best way to do that is not show your kids what you're eating for dinner, where you've been working out in the gym all the stuff you think is building your personal brand could be the thing holding you back. And that's a hack. Nobody really seems to grasp. Yeah. I
0: mean, I find it interesting that uh, there's two schools of thought on this. One is just focus in on what your personal brand is, what what your why is. On the other hand, I've heard personal branding experts say, well, you got to show them a little bit of your life behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, people are interested in you and for what you represent, but also your life and behind your scenes. How do, how do you reconcile those two?
1: So I would reconcile that in regards. To, it's a bit like, um, you know, when they tell in like a, in like a uh, diet thing where they say, I'm having a no-carb diet, yeah. I'm eating no carbs. If you actually go through, I'm very into fitness, so if you go through a no-carb diet, if you actually look, you'll be eating carbs. But the idea of saying a no-carb diet means that you actively cut out all of the things in your mind that you deem as carbs. Whereas if I said to you, just have a few carbs but have a mix of it in, you'd you'd mix in the potatoes and things like that. And that's a very similar thing with this. You should a good blend. I get this when I'm with clients, we'll go through the eight-week program and then we'll finish and I'll go, okay, now everything I taught you, we're gonna unlearn that. <laughs> because what this will do is tunnel you in to talk about one thing. Make people follow you, they'll come to you for the content, but they need to stay for you. So you need work about trying to show your personality through your content and not through just yourself. But like I said, with the carbs, you will naturally be showing people behind the scenes anyway, because where you stand, where your videos are, the references that you make in the way you talk. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm a big fitness guy. I'm talking to you about fitness. I've just mentioned that these things are going to come through, but they're coming through in a capacity that allowed that people have searched for me because of branding if i and that's where i'd say it many people can't get their head around laser focusing in one area because no matter how far like nobody can just talk about that and it will be dull but to have that in your mind as the goal will mean that you'll be more focused and more and that's why i say about embracing individuality in a focused way because if you don't you just blend into the background of with the, everyone showing their Instagram dinners and their and their workouts in the gym. And all the stuff I say all comes from me trial and error because I did it all and it didn't it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't not work. Everything can be worked if you do it enough. But when I found this method and I worked with people on this and a coach, it, was, it just blew open. Every, all of a sudden clients were calling me because people weren't going, oh, Ash is a nice guy. They were going, I want to work with you because this is what you do. And I think that's the, the misconception that can people can miss when it comes to just showing the world, but you're very, very right, Mark. Let's like say it's 50, 50. I have a, a lot of personal branding friends and some of them will go, I disagree with that. And others will go, I do agree with that. And I think the good thing about it is doing what works for you, but that I found works for me and my clients.
0: Okay. Um, this is all great advice. And, you know, I I know there are are going to be a lot of people listening to this that think, well, I'm already doing this. This is how I'm focused. This is what I'm doing. Um, Even with behind-the-scenes stuff, it just seems like it's taking them forever. Uh, Is there anything that – it seems to me you need that it factor would be one thing, but is there anything else that you could tell people to accelerate it? I mean, there's the viral thing, you know, if you could get lucky with something viral that resonates with people, that to me is a lucky thing. I don't think a yeah. lot of these things are planned. There's that it factor, which you, you may or may not have, you may or may not be able to develop in your life. Is there anything else that you would say to accelerate this kind of personal branding journey that, that some of these people are on?
1: Yeah. So um, those two things I think are very true it is there's a massive element of luck on this a massive element of luck was, um you know as you're right this it factor i've got different people do different things but i would say the way you can speak you can only focus on the things that you can control um you can control the volume and frequency of the content you put out you can control making sure that your ecosystem is in line so if you make sure that you're branded correctly your physical and digital identity is in line your story is 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 all selling is gluing those two things together and then you post and you post consistently in maybe one or two areas that will over time increase those chances of of luck you know you say about like that viral post that's the only real thing in it it's a it's a it's a numbers game you it's I, I was talking to someone about tiktok recently and i said just think about closing your eyes with a dartboard and throwing darts at the wall and uh, that's how it works <laughs> um, but it is a bit like that right now like well, not right now, in general. The, uh, every post you put out there could be that post that made it happen. But I think what a lot of people do is they have this analysis paralysis thing where they really, really focus on making sure that the content they have... And that's actually another one on this. I'll give you to elaborate on this point. They focus so much on making the content great, making the content good, and it's not up to their standard. Now, the, the, the tip for this is, at the beginning... As silly as it sounds, like a lot of people aren't probably going to watch it. And I don't, and this is like, I, when I work with my clients, we'll say this, everyone goes, oh, um, don't get precious with it. So don't get precious with your content. It's just increasing brand touch points. Someone might look at your video three or four times before they actually watch it. You know what I mean? Like three or four times in their feed, you might pop up. So the more content you put out there, without going into Gary V land, you know, like of, 60 a day 60 a day you know what I mean <laughs> I mean I've tried that I've done a, I could get up to about 25 <laughs> it is like um, I averagely put about 4 to 5 a day on all platforms
0: yeah uh, amazing
1: and that is what I averagely do and even that is like I'm going to be completely honest with you there's not much you know well it works it works but um, I would as you know if you do one a day you are going to be in the top 5% and that's what i would say to anyone and that's what goes right back to input versus expectation if you really want it how badly do you want the personal brand and if you really want this personal brand commit one one post a day if you commit one post a day you the odds and the numbers are in your favor but don't be disharmed when you get one or two likes because it is that luck is a huge part of it and the it factor which i think you're very right is is there but it also is nurtured the more posts you do, the better you will become at presenting, at talking, at, at presenting to, the, to audiences, the whole lot. So the it factor that I used to be in performing arts oh, so are down here in West End acting stuff down here in, in London. And, um, you know, there's no such thing as that. No one just walked into the audition room and got it. They'd audition 10, 11, 12 times for different shows and then they'd get it. So that it factor comes from a, more of a, of a, of a, um, a nurture. Mm. So hopefully that answers that question, but that's yeah. a, really, it's just. Up. Every day. <laughs> let, let me just
0: follow up that because I'm walking you down a path here uh, that I've been on and I'm sure many others have as well. How do you know if you're resonating with people in the beginning and it's just taking time to catch on or what you're putting out there just
1: sucks? <laughs> um, If you know you're resonating, the first thing I'd say with people is try and answer. Um, I love websites like, like, is it like Rush and Answer the Public and things like that, which the biggest thing is they'll create content that you know people want to hear instead of content you think they want to hear. The research is really key with all of this stuff. Um, If you're starting to put content out that you know people want to hear, and there's loads of software out there that do that, search out what questions people are asking, then that means there is an audience there. You just got to find it. Now, if it sucks, usually it'll get, not like what I find with a lot of people that when you start creating content, you won't get this amazing boost of people just flooding through your door and inbox, but you will start to see people message you, random, there's you know, people around you. So it does happen. It just doesn't happen in the floods that you'd think, <laughs> that you'd hope, as you probably know yourself, it's a slow burner. But if something is really bad, and it sucks, um, I would all, I always challenge, and I've had it so many times. Where I've made content. I remember making a con a piece of piece of content about um, I'm very into psychology and behavioral economics, and I remember making a post about loss aversion, and it just flopped. You know, and you think, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe that one was a bit too far, um, and I knew it when I was making it. And sometimes. That's something I said. And that's when I started going, okay, research. So don't assume, don't just tell them. It's very self-indulgent. And I worked with a client once before um, who was talking about this, where he was like, he makes his podcast for him, which is brilliant. But you need to also remember that you're serving an audience. And if you don't do that, the audience just won't listen or they won't watch. And I think that is the, that's when you know if it sucks or not. If it sucks is when it's more self-serving as opposed to, as opposed to, to helping them. But if you do it enough, um, you know, you, I remember, we always remember, I'm sure you do, Mark, when you got your first subscriber who messaged you, or, and you think, oh my gosh, someone's actually watching. <laughs> um, but you, you'll, you'll start to notice the metrics will increase, but I would definitely say do your research. Like, don't overlook that. Do not think you know better than Google, because we don't. That's
0: interesting. So You've got to have that set up, though, in order for that. Research to to resonate. I, I find that you'll get this core group of like three or four people initially that are resonating with with your content, and then if you don't start to see that expand over time, you know that core group, then what you're doing it probably isn't resonating with people, yeah. and that you should start to experiment with changing it. Now, maybe you're ahead of your time, and there's there's a lot of reasons for this. Maybe you just aren't that good. Maybe this niche, people don't believe you. They don't believe you're an expert. But uh, one of the things you can also do is is just get feedback from people and um, people that you respect and trust and aren't going to sugarcoat it for you. And then um, don't just get it from one person. Get it from many people. And just to see if what you're putting out is valuable to people. If not, you got to change it or up your game or um, do something else. But uh, that that to me is there's so many people that start off they start producing a lot of content. They do it for two or three months and then nothing's happening. Yeah. Well, is that because of X by or Y or maybe you're just terrible? Yeah. One of the two, maybe you don't
1: resonate with people. Maybe people don't trust you. Then you should get your lessons on that. So 100%, I think you're, what you said there, I quite like actually is the, the idea of um, having these trusted confidence. So I have a group of like four people who like, you know, you said about asking feedback. So I ask feedback from, and I think it's good to have, that's very good. Is to have feedback from f- I have four people who all have complete polarizing opinions. Um, one is ones in marketing, ones in psychology. You know the different areas, which is areas that I believe are important for that. And that I um, I ask their opinion. I struggle. I do say to people all the time, don't take opinion though from feedback. Like listen to a feedback is good, but sometimes as you start to build your brand, you will start getting people give feedback, and you have you have to decide what you take and what you don't um that's definitely a because i did i fell foul to that where when i very first started a couple of years ago i was i would change everything every time i got a bit of feedback i don't know if you ever had this mark with your like channels and stuff where someone would say oh, i don't really like that i can't keep up with the content i'm like okay cool no problem i'll do that i'll change that and then someone else would message me and go ash why did you change that why did you chat? And I'm like, uh, uh, well, because this guy said, chat and he's like, well, no, well, I like that on that. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll change it back. And then and uh, you can get wrapped up. So I think having a core group of people is, is important for me to go truthfully. Do you think this is shit or not? Right. And, um, and what happens that? 10 they say yes
0: <laughs> yeah and ask ask people that are more successful than you in this yes
1: <laughs> that's what I mean. mentors you know what i mean all of these guys every, i don't ask I, every person who is in that group are like they are people who i look up to yeah and they i wouldn't um, and awful as it sounds it's just because the people i look up to and people who understand what what i'm what my message is what i'm about and they'll go ash that didn't really resonate <laughs> oh, okay cool and i think and, I, and i'll do that with my clients that's the whole idea isn't it of with them going i'm not 100 percent sure you missed you hit the mark on that um but but i think you're right that if it doesn't grow quick i would say that you're not getting results within six months something's not right
0: yeah, and, I, and I, would, I would say there's got to be some indicators early on that you're on the wrong yeah.
1: path. I mean, six months is a long time. I mean, clients, do you know what I mean? Like I said, when I say six months, I mean like if you are not getting leads and clients from your from – and I'm not talking about removing your initial, your whole lead source, but if you're not getting people consistently engaging with your content, listeners, downloads, whatever, within six months, that's a serious time. But really – bearing that in mind, you know, like most people who I work with, they won't go off, the, off the ground because we've got to go through this stuff for a month or two. So actually it'd probably be about three when you think about it by the time they're actually consistently hitting the content. Yep. Totally
0: agree. Let's go even deeper and <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about uh, channels. How do you know what I should put up, put out, what channels I should put them out on and any tips and tricks around getting that content to resonate with people?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, channels are a hard one. I think you're right. With channels, is um, it's a really good one to bring up. It's deep one. I think people, like, it's very difficult understanding. Like, I speak to a lot of people. I know you're in the same space. Is this thing of like, oh, I really love Instagram. I'm like, but if your audience aren't on there, no matter how much you love it, you've got to go where your audience technically are as well as you enjoying it it's a bit of a bit of a yin yang type thing um when are all i can really talk about from personal experience i mean obviously it all depends on it really is quite open open open-ended on that like it depends on what your goals are as to where you want to achieve but i am a big advocate of creating um i call it a one two three strategy which is one piece of very much long-term you know, long form, evergreen searchable content. So a YouTube channel, a blog, or a podcast, one of those three. I mean, you can do all three, but start with one. That's what I would say to people. So have something that is going to work for you for the long time. A big mistake that I've made, I made myself when I started off, um, and a big mistake I see lots of people make is they jump straight onto the social platforms because they deem it might be easier. But the problem with social flat platforms, that I see is that I see them they're more like distribution channels for that long form content. So if you can get that one long form content. So you I I'm a big fan. I like moving on to YouTube now. I really like the platform. I wish I'd gone on it long a lot sooner. I, I went into podcasting. Um but one of those three is very good. Then use two social media platforms wherever you feel in my opinion would deem where your clients would be the best or the people you're trying to reach. So for me currently it's actually LinkedIn and um, weirdly TikTok. Uh, I didn't didn't never intended it to be that but it seems to be there <laughs> um And then yeah. I use that for distribution of to try and push people it's like a funnel push them back to my um To my long-form content And then I, I run paid ads again pushing people to my long-form content on my website but I would say or when I, when I worked with brands and I do this with all my clients is, and I, when I, and anyone I'm speaking to really, anyone who stops me in the street and asks is the biggest mistake and a hack I would say for people is you need to get that number one first. If I'd done that, um, like when did you start your YouTube channel, Mark? Wow. I know because my top video is my
0: first video i think it was in 2015
1: i think uh good question though i should know this but i think it was 2015. so that's what i mean like if you look at that like 2015 this is the thing that i've seen people all the time is going after something like that like i'm looking at i've got a youtube channel up at the moment funnily enough and it's um that that's the type of thing if you're going to build something for the long term I would definitely say go after something like YouTube or a podcast and then look at socials. But I do see a lot of people, me included when I first started this going all over Instagram and Facebook and, and it just doesn't, it's not a good bang for your buck. If you've only got a certain amount of time, that content is once it's in the ether, it's gone. I mean, yes, you can reuse it and repurpose it, but for brand building, it's not as, um, as useful, I would say. So I would say definitely go after the, like the more scary platforms first. Is that because there's less competition? I think it's just if you're in it for the long game, um now, now there's less competition in the newer platforms. So like TikTok, I just stumbled across it if I'm completely honest with you. Watched the Gary Vee video, did it, it, worked really well. Um but I would say that um it's not that it's less competition, it's tougher. It's got more competition. You know, podcasting not so much, but podcasting has its own issues as we both know, I'm sure, is that the distribution of it's quite hard because it um you have to have social, you have to have reach other places. Um, but it is the fact that it has more, I think it builds more authority and it also has more leverage as, as time goes on. So all of the people that I've spoken to on, the, on my podcast who are like seriously, you know, 200, 300, 400,000 subscribers and stuff, they all started with YouTube. I, and it was a weird moment for me where you know, it was like a penny dropping moment where I was like, oh, I messed up there <laughs> you know, that's what I should have done and that's what I well now when I work with clients I'm like go after Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram of course it's part of the strategy but I wouldn't rely solely on it because then when something else comes along it's gonna you know you're gonna have to adapt and evolve but if you've got your own little space YouTube channel linked um podcast or a blog as we spoke off air. I wouldn't do a blog because I'm d- dyslexic, so it terrifies me. But if you're good at writing, same thing. That's yours that you can then repurpose all over those other platforms.
0: Okay. So um, I love this conversation, and, and I do agree with you. I think, well, first of all, finding what channel your customers are on is, is important, but also picking the hard ones because the hard ones are, are going to be the ones that people uh, are are spending – Your competition isn't doing a ton of YouTube videos, more than likely. And so if you can get on YouTube and master it, you're going to be in a much better position than your competition. And YouTube is the second most searched uh, search engine in in the world. So it also shows up on on Google search results. So you you would be very smart if video resonates with your target audience uh, to get on YouTube. I'm still a big believer on it. They don't. Restrict you uh, from putting links into it. Uh, advertising it and getting it out there is very easy. So I, uh, I'm a big believer in, in YouTube as well. Um, and, and take Ash's advice. He, he really knows what he's, what he's doing. So uh, Ash, is there anything else around this? I want to talk about one more thing.
1: <laughs> okay, go, we go. Right. Uh
0: And, and uh, is there anything else around this discussion about channels and, and how you do it?
1: Um, nothing really that that you kind of just nailed it off then in a much more articulate way than me. Um, so no, it not really. I think, as you said, that the big the, I think um, it it's know where your audience is, and that's pretty pretty much it. And I think that's the hardest one. It's really hard to answer, as you say, with yeah. um, without knowing each individual business. You know.
0: Okay. All right. So let's move on to the final section here, and yeah. that is what benefits do you see people getting as a result of building up even on a scale of one to Gary Vee of five or six, you know, what I've seen is business starts coming your way. People have seen you, they recognize you. Uh, they think of you as kind of a uh, celebrity is a very strong word, but you know, somebody influential in your space and you get some yeah. sort you know, it's a little bit it is a little bit of awe and uh, expertise. You know, you've got this benefit of them believing that you're an expert and perhaps you are, you know, but uh, you you get the added benefit of that uh, mini celebrity, and and I use that term lightly.
1: <laughs> so, is, is there what other benefits? Uh, do you agree with me? First of all, and what are the benefits? Hundred percent, I agree. I, I have a big term that I use whenever I get whenever I'm like on a podcast or a live thing. Uh, normally, I I always say this thing. If it's live, it always causes controversy. I always say visibility is more important than ability itself. Um, people take it very literally, but it is what you're saying there. You don't actually need to be the expert. I mean, it massively helps if you are. I'm going to give you that right now. If you, you do really need, you know, the more you are, obviously it's going to hugely help because when you get on a call or you're talking, people can, can tell. But the visibility aspect is more important in today's world. You, it's the worst kept secret otherwise. You want to make sure that people know who you are. In the, the ability you have is less important to them on a face value because they'll just assume you're good then you can bring the goods. So that's, that's quite I just wanted to, to nail onto that when you said it because I thought I, that's, I haven't said it in the whole podcast, which is very rare for me. Um, but I think you're very right. The benefits you said there, just to elaborate on them, the benefits are, the three benefits I say to everybody of like the more, not the more salesy, but they are more salesy is, because everyone's like, well, how does it work? I'll give you the three that I always say, and then I'll give you the one that changed my life really, was the first one is, I say, you will grow your social and you'll grow your your influence Um, so you'll be, you're going to grow your online presence and that's massive for a lot of businesses nowadays, especially with 2020 and what happened all of a sudden we were forced to move to digital and the businesses who had strong online presences were the ones that that won. Um, so that will, that's what personal branding will automatically do. And that's the first initial thing that will happen. The other thing it will do is it will attract opportunities that you'll kind of pinch yourself for, you know? like me talking to you now, Mark. Um, but it's one of those where it will, you know, you, you will attract because of you, but you you start to build yourself as an authority in your niche and spread that you will start to bring new opportunities and get like access to people in your industry. You never would have had access to, um, you know, some of the people that I've had on my podcast were people that I listened to theirs when I was starting and it blew me away. And then the, the third thing is it will increase your sales. Like it will increase your sales. It will ultimately increase this passive lead gen that where people come and you said about the celebrity thing and it's weird. It's, a, it's a, the, the best phone call, but at the same time, the weirdest phone call is the first call when someone goes, Oh God, I can't believe it's you. And you're
0: like, <laughs> uh, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, I've gotten that many times. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I yeah. watched 50 of your videos. Really? Okay, so they feel like they know me. It's, it's, it's interesting.
1: I love it when they quote something from the video. You're right, you don't even know what they're the, talking about. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, do you remember, in, It's for me, it's from my podcast. My first podcasts were all, my first 10 episodes were like solo episodes. So they're like, everyone quotes it. and They go, would well, you know when you said about the five mistakes, I'm just like you. And I'm like, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, I forgot about it. Um, yeah, just like me, I can't even remember. Um, I, I just tell them I,
0: I've got short-term memory issues, and uh, <laughs> I don't remember half the things I said. But I believe them when I said them, so they it, it
1: probably I love it. I always love it as well when things change. So I'll, you know, I'll go. I'll be saying one thing, and then they will go, "Well, you said this." I was like, "Yeah." Now, now, yeah. I'm now. saying this. So, um, but that was. I say those are the three real benefits. The benefit I would say, though that is the one that kind of I didn't expect which was they're all at the very tangible that's what you want for your business the benefit I didn't expect was like I ended up just living a happier life because I started when I started to brand myself and be really public about who I was I started to be able to like kind of live unrestricted it was very strange and it wasn't what I intended when I started and, and from that that was just like pouring like fuel on a fire of those other three things because all of a sudden my reach got bigger, my my opportunity because people like to work with confident people, and I never expected that to be the case when I started it. I wasn't a very confident, articulate person. I was quite beat down. I wasn't really mentally in the place I would have been now, and I didn't. It was a very incredible part, and I would say that's a, that's a benefit that people don't realise is if you're trying to do some sort of self development stuff of like that personal branding unlocks so many things because you have to really look deep at who you are, analyze that and put it out to the world. And I didn't expect that. And and I do talk that with my clients a lot, that it's very interesting how it um starts to bring out things about you and highlight and emphasize personality traits that you, you were unaware of before, but now you absolutely love about yourself. So that's quite a powerful one I didn't expect. Okay. Wonderful.
0: Well, we've got to wrap things up. We've gone long, but I, you know, this has been a very valuable uh, podcast, so I don't mind. Um, and we always wrap up with two questions. Uh, the first of which I already know the answer. Well, the second I have no the answer, but the first one is, what is the hottest digital marketing technology that you're recommending people use today? Uh,
1: today at the moment, I recommend um, Streamyard. Um, if if you haven't seen it, I'm sure everyone would have. But right now, StreamYard, is, it's a streaming platform that um, allows you to stream to all multiple, multiple platforms. But why I like it so much is if you are a content creator, it's very simple to edit, effectively edit your videos on the go. So as a podcaster, I used to edit my videos on the go. Um, I can drop in or, you know, audio, like I can drop my intros, my outros, my overlays, everything while I'm doing podcasts, which really allows me to Repurpose. So we're talking about repurposing content. It allows me to repurpose content at, at an unprecedented pace. Um, it's a brilliant, a brilliant platform. It's kind of blown up um, over the the kind of quarantine coronavirus thing. Um, it was very small before, and it's now it's now brilliant. So I'd highly recommend it to to anybody who does live streaming or podcasting um, because they are. It's just it's just really sped up my my content production which let's be honest that's that's half of the battle
0: yeah and so Streamyard is
1: uh it, it allows it, while you're live it's streaming it to instagram youtube yeah. facebook is that what it is yeah so while you're live it streams so so you can go live and it'll stream to multiple destinations so it'll stream to youtube facebook twitch linkedin um lots of different places i mean there's loads it's got the long old list you know and then there's ones i've never heard of you know there you go you get the ones who are like, well, where is that? Um, but what I – and I don't really use it for live stream a lot, but what I use it for is um, you don't have to go live. You can record. So if you record, it's the same overlay. It's the same thing, but it's just not live. So all my podcasts, they come in. It's very similar to Zoom, but I find it a lot nicer. Um, I was using Zoom before, and but what it does is it allows me to – it then – allows me to, like I say, I can drop in my intro. So if you have a YouTube introduction, you can upload it and just press it. It's like a button that you press and it will just run that overlay over the top of, the, of your live. So you effectively, from the moment I start a podcast or even a YouTube video now, I just do it in one take. I have everything there. And at the end of it, you just press stop recording and it's the exact same thing. If it was live, it would do the exact same thing. And then you can download the video file and the audio file which is why so so i will stop recording i'll download the audio file and the video file i'll move them straight over to youtube and to my podcast hosting platform and i'll move them straight across and i can do all i don't have to edit or post it's been it's been a bit of a learning curve and a couple of episodes quite a few episodes were terrible um, but once you know it's a bit like a dj mixing it while you're working it's become like it shaves off hours of my week
0: all right The uh, final question is um I'm just gonna answer it for you. Who in the branding space would <laughs> try to be the most influential? And that would of course would be Gary V. I think so, yeah. All right. So where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Where can people find me? Um best place to find me um is I use LinkedIn a lot. So it's Ash Borland on LinkedIn. Um I have a podcast which is called Personal Branding Secrets, where I just I interview people with personal brands, people Who've, you know, who've done done something, they've walked the walk as well as taught the talk and we ask them some of their highs, their lows and the advice they'd give for people starting out. Um, and I have a YouTube channel which is new. It's very much new but it's very much a labour of love uh, which is Ash Borland and there's three videos a week being uploaded to that. Um, so that's, I'd probably say that's probably the most valuable place to find me is there. Um, but other than that obviously ashborland.com which is where my courses and, and packages and things are, but I'm not like I think I'm on it to sell. So it's more to help. So yeah, they're, they're the places really. Okay. Wonderful.
0: All right. Well, this was a fantastic discussion. I'm glad we had it. It's been a while, uh, since I've really touched on personal branding, uh, just because of some of the other things that are going on in my, uh, the, mainly my personal life, not my business life. So, um, I appreciate that. And as always, Ash, uh, You, uh, I've seen a lot of your your other work, you've come across as uh, very educational, knowledgeable, and I think a lot of people are gonna take a lot of value out of this podcast, so I appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really loved it.